want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. We would really love it too if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give. We hope you enjoy the message today. Hey, those are great. Those are those are great questions up on the screen. <laughs> uh, the reason uh, we're here today is because we're asking a bunch of questions, and the questions we're asking uh, is really directing us towards our Father. It's it's causing us to grow closer to who He is, what He does, and today's going to be a really interesting message because one of the questions that that we hear a lot about is in the yeah, but why? Yeah, but why do we see this? And yeah, but why is this here? Is, uh, is the question, and I don't know if you've ever asked this question. Why is there a devil? Why is there a devil? Let, let me add some more questions to this. And this is a tie bean questions. I'm gonna, uh, this was a college student question that asked, why is there a devil? And let me just say, that's a great question. But let me, let me add some more questions. If God is God, why didn't he just destroy the devil? Isn't that a great question? Okay. Uh, here, here's another question. Is, uh, if sin is sin, why didn't God just get rid of all the sin? Okay. Which, if you think about what he did uh, through Jesus, he did. But the, the real issue is, is how come I'm always tempted? And why didn't God do something about the temptation? See, let me just stop real quick and let you know. We are going to talk about who is the devil? And I've never preached this message before in my life. 20 years of pastoring and ministry before that, and I don't think I've ever preached on the devil. And the reason why is because he does, I, I could care less about him. I really could. I, I don't care. I don't think about him. I don't, I, don't, I don't invite him around. I don't watch scary movies. Scary movies freak me out, guys, okay? Let me tell you something real quick. I don't watch scary movies because one time I was in Graham, Texas, hunting all by myself and woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I turned on the TV and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was on. (laughs) And me being me, it's like watching a car wreck and I can't look away, but I can't stop staring. I, it's like I want to look away, but I just keep looking. And, and, and I watched at 2 o'clock in the morning until 4 o'clock in the morning the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And at the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, my alarm went off telling me it was time to get in the deer stand, and it dawned on me. I was in Texas. <laughs> and so I got in my truck. It's pitch dark. And let me just tell you, everything moves at night in Texas. Pigs move at night. Armadillas move at night. Raccoons move at night. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre man moves at night. And I started walking to my deer stand, and I started hearing things behind me. And a, tro- a walk turned into a trot. And a trot turned into a run. 
And the next thing I know, I am running through Graham, Texas, trying to find a tree stand in full sprint, and I'm running through mesquite bushes, and I finally hit in the pitch dark at night an oak tree. Bam! Dropped me on the ground right there. I had to wait for the sun to come up so I could get to my tree stand. It was ruined! You know why? Because I thought about something I didn't need to be thinking about. Okay? These are all the reasons why I don't, I don't think about the devil much. However, I want to be very clear. When I do think about him, it's because we're at war. And I am on the army of the Lord. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm in the army of the Lord. And I have agreed in my own life to follow him, to trust the Lord with all of my heart, to lean not on my own understandings. And there's a certain way we fight our battles. And I was going to pop up at the very first here, just so we're always directed in where are we going today. This is where our fights come from, okay? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Did you hear that? In your maturity and growing with the Lord, you're going to have to realize at some point that your battle is not against people, Okay? The same enemy who's attacking you is attacking them. And the qualities that you don't like about them are very easily there because they are under attack also. They're not acting like themselves. They're not doing what God wants them to do. And it has every reason to be because the same one attacking you is attacking them. And if he can get you to attack each other, he's getting two for the price of one. Your wrestle is not against flesh and blood. But who it is, is it against? But it's against principalities. It's against powers. It's against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is so important for us to realize that our battle is not against people. Our battle is against darkness that has been here longer than we have been here. The number one reason that Satan hates you so much is you were created in the image of the God that he hates so much. In all reality, Satan could care less about you. In all reality, you are nothing to him. But the only thing that drives him nuts about you your marriage, your job, your kids, the church you go to, the country you live in, whatever the case may be, the reason he hates you so much has everything to do with he hates God that created you. And that's why this this is so important. And so the question comes up, why is there a devil? His name isn't devil, but his name isn't Lucifer either. A long time ago, before we were even here, before creation even took place, the angels were created. And one of those angels was named Lucifer. Lucifer is a very interesting story. We refer to him as the devil now because he had a fall. And I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, and I want to show you scripturally who is this Lucifer, where did the devil come from, How did the whole grand scheme of this evil take place? And Isaiah is very important for us to understand the fall of Satan or the fall of Lucifer. And I'm going to show you here the five 
I wills of Satan. If you go to theology class, uh, this is known as the five I wills of Satan. Okay? And look at the details of this. It says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Okay, so you see here, this is the history of where did the devil come from? Maybe you're here today and you go, I knew this. A lot of people don't know this. It says, how you are cut down to the ground. You who uh, weakened the nations. Now pay attention to verse 13. For you have said in your heart, stop. This is God telling us the story of how the fall took place and what happened in Lucifer's heart. And the reason why this is such a big deal is because we're all here today to examine our hearts as well. Okay? Every one of us is here today to examine our hearts and to see if there's anything that God is speaking to us about on quite possibly the the I wills that we need to be looking at. These are the five I wills that Satan said. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the, the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol. This is God speaking to him. But you, Lucifer, will be brought down to the lowest depths of the pit. The fall of Lucifer took place And the beginning of sin, all because Satan wanted to be worshipped. Okay? Now, now this is a big deal for us. Remember what I just said. Lucifer fell and sin came into the world. Sin was birthed all because of a desire to be worshipped. Okay? Why is that such a big deal? Because if you look at all the struggles we have as human beings, it also is revolved around the desire to be worshipped. It is from the desire to be the most important, the desire to get my needs met, the desire to feel important, the desire to be great, the desire to excel, the desire to be better than. It is all the desire to be worshipped. If you look at all the sins... All the sins, if you look at all the ways that men can fall, why would somebody steal? Why in the world would somebody steal? Because in that one moment, their desires are the most important thing. Why would someone commit adultery? Because it's the desire to be worshipped. There are many times it's emotional affair. And and when when you interview someone who's been through an emotional affair, they would say, why did you allow this person to come into your life to speak to you and to tell you how great you are? And, and they would turn and say, I just wanted to be loved. I, I, I finally had somebody in my life to tell me how awesome I was. It made me feel good. And those words are so sweet and those words are so uh, wonderful as far as I, we all have those desires to feel good. But when you look at sin, it's the desire to be worshipped. I finally found somebody who made me feel great. So, time out, time out. Do you see the fall in that? As, as pretty of a picture, as wonderful colors as you want to pick out in that area, don't you see the fall in this? When you see husbands and wives clash, is it not because we all desire to get our own needs met? We desire to be worshipped. 
And that's why we have to stop and pause and take a look at this. And this is why it's a good study. Who made the devil? Where did the devil come from? The devil came from a great creature, a great, beautiful angel named Lucifer, who is a three-part of the archangel system. And if you've ever heard of the archangels, you know that there's Michael, there's Gabriel, and at once upon a time there was Lucifer. And he was the most beautiful of them all. The other two's can be described as warriors they all have their incredible attributes michael and gabriel have served god in such a wonderful incredible way but lucifer was a different kind of warrior it has been said that he was the angel that protected the presence of god he is the one that stood right before god he was the most beautiful he was the most elegant he he even looking at himself He thought himself to be so beautiful also. Uh, An interesting thing, a question I have for you guys. Why did you guys come to church today? And and, and don't try to answer because I have the answer for you. Okay, all right, here we go. Uh, We all came to church today for three incredible reasons. We all came today for uh, the word, okay? We all came for God's word. We all came for prayer, okay? We have already entered into prayer. We have already gone to God in prayer, Prayer is a major part of our church experience. These two things alone, the word and prayer, the word and prayer. But the third one is worship. We all came here for worship. And in fact, as you mature in the Lord, these three things will grow more and more. You will become more comfortable in knowing God's word. You'll become more knowledgeable in knowing God's word. A second thing, prayer. Your prayer life will develop. I love what Mel said this morning. Man, that was just so spot on uh, about why it makes me want to even pray, at, pray more. And as you mature in the, your prayer life, it, it grows even more. But as, can anybody in the room testify to when you first started your journey with Jesus to where you are now? Has worship not become such a major part of your existence in Christ Jesus? Would anybody just say worship is just, you never, you thought, you thought music's music and I'll just turn the radio on. And, and that, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about turning the radio on. We're talking about an attitude of being before Jesus and may I become less and he become more and worship. Why do I bring up these three things? Because if you notice what these three archangels do, it's pretty amazing. Gabriel, every time he's mentioned in scripture, always brought the word of the Lord. When he, appeared, when he appeared and spoke to Joseph, when he appeared and spoke to all, he always said, and, and this, thus saith the Lord. He always brought the word of the Lord. This is what Gabriel did. Michael, Michael always answered prayer. When someone was praying, when someone was believing, when someone was asking for God, it was Michael who would show up and was ready for battle. Michael always followed prayer. But the interesting thing is, is that Lucifer, Lucifer was the one who brought worship to God. And when you begin to look at Isaiah chapter 14, you begin to notice that there was a shift that took place in this incredible angel who began to get jealous of him doing all the work and not getting any of the praise. This incredible, beautiful, glorious angel whose one job was to worship, lead all of heaven, all of creation in this incredible worship to God. And then he began to go home and say, you know, why why don't they ever see that I wrote that song? 
Won't they ever see that I, I played I played the trumpet on that? Or why don't they ever see that I'm the one who did the dance then? I mean, I did a lot of work. I did a lot of work for God. I, when do I ever get what I deserve? And why, why is that such a big deal? Because if there's ever going to be anything that stumbles us in everything that God puts together in our life, it's going to be your desire to be worshipped. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how people will cry out to God to get them out of their present circumstance. I can't tell you how many people in my life I have personally prayed with that God would get them out of their present circumstance, whether they need a job promotion, they're single and they want to be married, uh, they, they want to have kids. Uh, go down the list of everything that we end up crying out to God, and then we get what we want, okay? And then that very thing becomes our God. You can get the kids you've always prayed for, and your very kids can take you out of the place that got you your kids. I'm not talking about the bedroom. I'm I'm talking about church. I'm talking about church. You come to church, and you cry out to God, God, give us kids, give us kids. And then the next thing you know, you have kids. And you would say, where'd you go? Where, Where have you been? Why aren't your kids in youth group? Oh, we've got baseball on Wednesday nights. We've got base. We've got basketball on Mondays. Let me tell you, you've got to have family time. You do. But when worship becomes about you and not him, you will fall just like he did. And then all of a sudden when kids get older and you get older and you go, I don't know where God went. No, no, God didn't go anywhere. Your heart left you. And the very thing that made you successful is the very thing that you quit. The further and further Heather and I get into pastoring, we have to fight to get back to the thing that I think makes us great as a couple. Um, We're not going to be here next week. We're going to go speak a marriage conference in Dallas and Waco. And we were struggling last night putting, what are we going to say? What are we going to say? What are we going to say? And we just stopped everything. We've done this long enough to realize it's not our job to know what to say. And we just sat down right there in that couch. We held hands and we just began to pray. And we just began to ask the Father, come fill us. It's not about us anyway. It's about you. And you know the people that are going to be there. And you know the couples that are going to be there. And we just want to cry out to you and just ask you to, to guide us and lead us. And we are your servants. And, and instantly this peace flooded my heart. And it's the same peace of recognizing that when we put him first, he takes care of everything else. And, and the same thing that we need to see here is, is if, if Satan... If Lucifer would have at any point turned to God and said, I just need to talk to you about something, there's this ugliness down inside of me. This, there's this ugliness down inside of me that I'm wanting something that doesn't belong to me. I'm wanting to be worshipped. God would have helped him. And the same way God will help you too. I want to show you something real quick. In Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 20, what exactly did Satan do? This is the story of the king of Tyree, okay? I don't like this name, okay? I think it's too close to my name. So uh, I'm going to call it Tyree, okay? Not, a, we're going to go here. I want to read something. This may be a little lengthy, but got to pay attention. It says, the son, son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyree and say to him, thus says the Lord. Okay, stop. Who is the king of Tyree? He is actually a king. There's some debate about is this what we're about to read about Satan and Lucifer or is it about the king of Tyree? And there's some details that take place in what we're about to read that definitely point towards he is talking about Satan. 
but there was actually a king of Tyre. And the king of Tyre was a shrewd businessman. He took advantage of all of his people. He gained, he gained so much riches, so much riches. He grew in wealth because he took advantage of so many people. The worship practice um, in this community was appalling. Um, he was a ugly, horrible tyrant of a man. And the more and more the theologians unpack this, they come to the conclusion that this is an actual man who could really be completely demon-possessed by Satan himself. Okay, So so pay attention, and we're going to look at some things, because some things that are are said here are really interesting to the fall of Satan. It says, You you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and and perfect in beauty. Stop. That, that is a, that's a great description of the beautifulness of this incredible archangel named Lucifer. But keep reading. You were in Eden. Isn't that interesting? The king of Tyree could not have been there. But you were in Eden. And we're talking about Lucifer here. The garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. And this kind of tells you what he was made of. The, the uh, Sardius... Topaz and diamonds, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes. And this is where it gets really interesting. It goes from how he looked to worship musics, worship instruments. The workmanship of your timbrels and your pipes were preferred for you, prepared for you on the day you were created. So this creature actually had timbrels and pipes in its construction. Your anointed cherub, that's a very interesting word, which is angel, who covers, I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. And if you read this with passion, you can see that God's crying out, saying, I made you perfect. You were beautiful. I gave you all the instruments you needed to do the great job you were doing. Verse 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Look at verse, the next verse, verse 16. Uh, by the audience of, of abundance of your trading. This word trading is a very interesting word. Trading. What kind of trading are we talking about here? <clears throat> it is exchanging. And, and if you look at it, one of, the, one of the pastors that was helping me study this, he said that um, this was actually the worship of God from Lucifer who was able to, and, and this is a great illustration, imagine if someone was to receive three, okay, just three of anything, but to, none of it belonged to him. But because no one was looking, he gave two to who it belonged to, and he pocketed one. And imagine this kind of bartering to where you were given three that didn't belong to you, and you were able to give two to who it belonged to, and you were able to pocket one. And was this kind of trading that you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub. Back to the angel from the midst of the fiery stone. Stop. This is huge. 
In fact, right now, there is no message that I could preach to, to start talking to you about some personal things going on in your life right now to where you would say, you know what, I just have this gut wrenching in my stomach. Have I been presenting God two but pocketing his one? As a pastor, let me tell you what, that's one of the things I have to check myself all the time about because when you're on the microphone and you're on the stage and you're standing in the spotlight and the camera's on you, has this become the Tybean show where I give God two, but I like to look good before everybody? As a pastor, I constantly have to judge myself and say, Tybean, they can find somebody else. Tybean, can you imagine, what would I do if I didn't do this? Where, how, how far could I fall if I don't stop and realize that it all belongs to God? God has never forsaken me. God has never made, I, there has never been a moment that I lacked. Did I, did I have moments where I didn't have enough? Absolutely. But there has never been a moment that, that I lacked. God has always taken care of me. But yet there's this voice inside that says, nobody will miss it. Nobody will miss it if you kept one for yourself. Come on, they're not even good enough with the books around here to where they would even know that you even took a little bit. But you know who would know? I would know and he would know. And here you see a trading taking place that you have to pay attention to. I'm going to keep reading here. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes we can think we're so pretty we can justify anything. Sometimes we look at our needs so big. Well, she doesn't meet my need. You don't know what my wife doesn't do. You don't know what they didn't do. I deserve. I deserve. I deserve. And you can look at your life and it can look so pretty to justify what you're doing. But you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. This speaks to me. If there's one, per, if there's one finger pointing at you guys, you guys remember there's three more pointing at me. Okay. Actually, there's a thumb pointing at you too, okay? <laughs> yeah. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that, you might, that, that they might gaze upon you. You defiled your sacrifices, your, uh, your, your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. There's that word again. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst, I devoured you and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. And it closes with this. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. Uh, The reason why I wanted to spend some detail in this is because I think it's fascinating to take a look at um, maybe something you didn't know. God did not create the devil. Lucifer created the devil. In the same way that we have the ability to step out of the goodness of God into a world that you try to create on your own. And before any of us get out of here, I want to stop and pause, and I want to talk about three things that the devil is, okay? The first one is, is he's a deceiver. He's a deceiver. He lies. And I I think that's very important for everybody in this room to realize the devil is a liar. 
in John chapter 8, verse 44, this is what Jesus had to say about it. This is Jesus' word. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Let me just stop and tell you, if you ever run into the devil, how do you know when he's lying? The answer is his lips are moving, okay? Just to be clear, and why is this such a big deal? Because, this, because Satan will attack your mind with lies. And for somebody in this room, you just stop and pause and realize, maybe you're being attacked right now by lies. You will never be successful. You will never be anything. You are forgotten by God. Go down the list. There's a million lies that can fill our head to the point to where we could be believing a lie right now. Number two, what else is Satan? He is the accuser. He's the accuser. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it says this, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of God and the power of his, of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. The very next, the very next sentence says this, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Yeah. Do we have that one? We don't have that one. Yeah. And they overcame him by the blood of the land and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Okay. Can I tell you guys a story about Heather and I? Okay. Heather's here. Okay. Uh, Heather and I get into fights. Yeah. I know it's a shocker. No, it's a shocker. Heather and I can be driving down the road. We are passionately in love. Heck, we're speaking a, a marriage conference next weekend, and, and we can get into a fight. We can get into a fight. And yours truly loves to pound on the steering wheel. Do I love to pound on the steering wheel? Is it scary when I pound on the steering wheel? Absolutely. I pound on the steering wheel. Bam, I'm pounding on the steering wheel. Let me tell you that while we're fighting, there is a voice in my ear saying, Pound on that stinking steering wheel. Let her see that you are serious. <laughs> Typing, you, you got the best point, and she is not listening to you. If you pound on that steering wheel harder, she's going to get the point. And there is this voice cheering me on, saying, get louder than her. Do you guys ever hear that voice too? Yeah. So y'all hear it too? Get louder than her. Okay? And there's, a, there's this voice, same voice, saying, you got a great point. You got a great point. You got a great point. Let her hear you what she, she, she needs to hear. You always ever hear that too? Okay. That same voice after we're done fighting is the same voice as you should have never knocked on that steering wheel. You should have never pound on that steering wheel. What kind of pastor are you to pound on that steering wheel? You evil, nasty. If people even knew who you were on the inside, Ty, and this, the same voice, the same voice that was telling me to pound on the steering wheel is now telling me I'm going to hell for pounding on the steering wheel. I didn't think your point was good enough. You just should have listened to her. The same voice, the same voice, the same voice. Hey, it's Saturday. You've got to preach tomorrow. Boy, if anybody ever knew the kind of person you were, They'd all leave your church. They'd all leave your church. They'd all leave your church. Does anybody else hear that same voice? And that's what he's got to know. He's an accuser. 
He's a deceiver, and Satan will always deceive you with my, in your mind with lies. And he always attacks your heart with accusations. It never fails. Number three, what is Satan? He's a destroyer. He's a destroyer. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says there, Therefore, humble yourselves. Everybody say, humble yourselves. Under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The reason I have humble yourself up there, because we're going to get to that in our closing. But then it says this, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering we experience by our brotherhood, by your brotherhood in the world. He attacks your will with pride. He is a destroyer that I guarantee every time when it comes to your will, when it comes to your heart, when it comes to the thoughts in your head, he will destroy you if we embrace pride. And if you think about it, pride is the son to worship, worshiping self. Some of the questions you guys asked were this, why does God allow sin? And why is there so much temptation in the world? Why is watching a scary movie uh, uh, a sin? And, and that question always that cracked me up because you knew this person that went to a church that just going to a rated R movie was going to send you to hell, okay? And, and, and so why, why does everything that tastes good, looks good, and feel good, why is it a sin? Here's another last question. Is there a heaven and a hell, and is there a middle place for medium people? Yeah. That just make, that's, those are great questions. Those are great questions. And what you have to stop and realize, and most of those questions were wrapped around, how much worship of myself can I do and still get away with it? Can I have like, like 90% of me living for Jesus, but still there's that 10% that it's my cheat day, you know? It's my cheat day. And this is a worship issue. How much worship do you do of yourself and this is why it's so important when we looked at the scripture that says in first peter chapter 5 verse 6 therefore humble yourself you know what humble means to get under to submit to there is a fall in pride and arrogance but there is victory in those who humble themselves before the Lord let me, let me close with this you may want to take a picture of this this may need to go, needs to go on your Instagram account or your Twitter you may want to tweet this okay this is a good thought the only power Satan has is what you give him okay look at the story of Eve he turned to her and said, that's really not what God said. And she turned and said, okay, what did God say? And in one moment, she gave him permission to tell her anything he wanted to say. And you got to be careful with that too. The only power Satan has 
is whatever power you give him. He is not your counselor. He is not your guide. He is not your encourager. He is under your feet. He is defeated. He is broken. And his only power is what you choose to give him. He will speak in this ear about pounding the steering wheel and he will drag you to depths of depression for pounding the steering wheel. But it's all in what ability do you give him? Have you believed a lie? Has he accused you where Jesus is actually wanting to restore you? And are there some pride issues in your life that quite possibly you should take a look at and recognize there's far too much pride? It's time to humble yourself. Thank you for who you are. You're great. You're great to be praised. Father, search our hearts. If there's anything that has set ourselves above you, this week to pray for a spiritual detox to take place we just want to pause in this wonderful moment to realize we've reached the end of our message end of our time but we welcome your presence we love you we really do it's in Jesus name we pray Amen. It is time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. I love you guys. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. See you later.